1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day.
1: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 24th, 2021, one day to go until the NBA trade deadline. My name is Will Frost. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic fall to the Denver Nuggets. We'll talk a little bit about that game, as well as a conversation with John Corrales of Locked On Celtics as we break down the possibilities of a Magic and Celtics trade, as the Celtics are apparently the favorites to land Aaron Gordon. Why, I'm kind of not buying that. Why, neither of us are kind of not buying that and a whole lot more. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before you do any of that, I do want to remind you, you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. The search and grab and download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the land of magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Denver Nuggets? Check out our fa- friends at Lockdown Nuggets. Want to look ahead to the NBA trade deadline or to Wednesday's game against the Phoenix Suns? Check out Locked On Suns or any of the Locked On podcasts. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On in the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later on in the episode. Tuesday's game and Wednesday's game just feel weird. Um, I don't get the sense that the news of Aaron Gordon's trade request is new to the people inside that locker room, but now that the trade deadline is finally here, now that trade deadline week is finally here, and that trade request is now public, it feels weird. This team feels weird. It's just the repeated storyline now. The clock has struck midnight. And this group is about to turn back into a pumpkin. It's, it's, we're in Orlando. We can make Disney references here. It just feels weird. And it just feels like we're all waiting for it to happen. And it most likely will happen Thursday at about 2.30, 45 p.m. It is going to happen. The Magic are going to change. They're going to train, change drastically. And they're going to be a different team come Friday when they play the Portland Trailblazers. But there's still two games to get to before then. But it sure felt like for a good stretch of the first half on Tuesday that the Magic were ready for that change to happen, that these games just were not at the top of their minds. The Magic lost to the Denver Nuggets 110-99. The game was much closer for large parts of it um, than the final score would indicate, but it was also much wider than the final score would indicate. Orlando committed ten turnovers in the first half, just giving away possessions, giving free opportunities to the Nuggets to score. And they were down twenty-four in the first half, down twenty-two at halftime. I honestly, it looked like the Magic were just going through the motions. Um, I would describe their first half effort as all-star level effort. When the guys got the ball and they wanted to score, they could score but they weren't putting much into it defensively. They weren't putting much effort into the game. Guys were just making a ton of mistakes. Again, it was just like, what's the point of any of this? The Magic just looked like they were done. And while, you know, I think Steve Clifford is still trying to win games, it sure felt like throwing Aaron Gorin out there especially, Uh, and to some extent Evan Fournier was a stealth tanking move because for long stretches, neither player looked like they were that interested in, in playing for the team and playing for each other. That's a bit harsh, of course. That's, that's, that's not always how it, it seems, but the Magic just were not doing the little things they have to do to win. And so adding to that frustration, then, is how they played in the second half. They came out much more precise. They came out more focused. They came out with more energy. Evan Fournier started scoring and pacing the offense, the Magic started to look like the team we all know they can be. The most disappointing thing about the season is not really the Magic's record. It's the knowledge of knowing they can be, they should be, and they are better. They prove it every time they step on the court. These little spurts, these long spurts, for the Magic are quite clearly the better team. Orlando trimmed that 24-point deficit down to five They gave the, in the fourth quarter. They gave themselves the chance to win the game. And again, as I've said numerous times over and over and over again, yes, I understand this Magic team's not going to win a lot of these games. They're not a very, very good team. They're, they're a pretty bad team, actually. But when you have the chance to win the game, you need to win the game. Or at least you need to have the other team take the game from you. Instead, the Magic, again, fell back to making mistakes. Simple, correctable mistakes. Simple mistakes are just about discipline with the game plan. Turnovers. Bad shot selection. Poor transition offense. And then, poor defense. The Cardinals' sin under Steve Clifford. The Magic went for... Michael Carter-Williams on one possession, went for a steal on Nikola Jokic when he shouldn't have and left a wide-open Jamal Murray to go to the basket. He would eventually get the dunk or miss, actually miss a dunk, and then find Michael Porter Jr. for three, They gave the Nuggets a 10-point lead once again, or double-digit lead once again. The Magic cost themselves this game, both in the first half and digging themselves such a deep hole with a poor, unfocused effort, and in the second half, when they did make the comeback, when they did put themselves back in a position to win, when they were just unable to execute. Simple things, simple things. To tell you the truth, I was not impressed with the Magic one bit, even with the comeback. I was not impressed with how the Magic played. I was not satisfied or happy with how the Magic played, even though they gave themselves the chance to win. That, that makes it more frustrating, to be honest. Defensively, they were good in the second half, but the offense was still a mess, and it still felt like the Magic weren't making the second efforts. They weren't locking down the glass. Denver with 13 offensive rebounds. They, weren't, they were turning the ball over. A ton. 10 turnovers in the first half, 30 13 for the game. The Magic did a good job defending the three point line, and that's probably why they were able to stay in the game. Denver making just eight of 30 from beyond the arc. But the Magic just left a lot on the board. And a lot of it was their own doing. And to me, that is just not acceptable under any circumstance. We expect more. We demand more. We demand more from this team. But at the end of the day, how much of it really matters? This group is changing. Whether we want them to or not. That change is finally here. And the Magic sure did play like it. Just running through the final box score real fast. Evan Fournier with 31 points. 10 for 18 shooting. 5 for 12 from beyond the arc. 6 assists. Um, most of that coming in the second half. Did a really good job. Um, I thought offensively, he was on point uh, for most of the game. Um, you know, he was certainly able to score, and and there was no sense from watching Evan Fournier that he was giving up on his team or his teammates. And and, and I think that's really really important and really good to see. Um, Aaron Gordon, 13 points, six for 13 shooting, one for five from beyond the arc. He had six assists and three turnovers. Um, I I was not. I I, Gordon definitely picked his play up too in the second half, but I thought he was just kind of there Um, defensively. He just I I didn't think he played with any intensity defensively. Um, He did say after the game he was asked directly about the trade request, and he said, you know, a lot of it is just frustration that's been boiled that has just bubbled over from how difficult the season has been, and and just kind of I think a realization that yes, um, it's been seven years, and the team is kind of back where they were before they had the two playoff runs. Um, But they're still not making progress. And so I think it's, I think, but the way he seemed to say it, it was a frustration and just an acknowledgement that, yes, change might be the best for both the franchise uh, and the player to to get what they want. So um, we'll dive into a little bit more of that probably tomorrow. Um, we'll see what happens in, in the game, of course. Nikola Vucevic, 18 points on an inefficient 8 for 25, 7 rebounds two assists. This is kind of the first time we've seen Nikola Vucevic have a couple bad games in a row. Um, Alfred Camino, a really strong game, though. 17 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 8 for 11 shooting. Best game Alfred Camino has had in a Magic uniform. The Orlando Magic fall to the Denver Nuggets, 110 to 99 They're back in action Wednesday, against the Phoenix Suns. We'll have coverage of that on tomorrow's ep- episode of Locked On Magic. Before we talk to John Corrales of Locked On Celtics, though, it's time to name our Miklo Ultra Player of the Week. Obviously, Magic didn't have a great week. Um, they did beat the Brooklyn Nets, which is a very, very nice win. But I want to give our Player of the Week to three players, to Nikola Vucevic, to Evan Fournier, and to Aaron Gordon. We've talked a lot on this show over this week about how this is the end. And while this is, unfortunately, the worst era of Magic basketball history, um, and and these three players certainly represent that, they have done nothing but be great representatives of our community. Um, They have done nothing but play hard and, and try to make the most of a roster that, frankly, was not built for them and was not built at all times to succeed. They have done everything that their various coaches have asked for, from Jacques Fon to James Borrego to Scott Skiles, to Frank Vogel, to now Steve Clifford. They have been put in terrible situations and oftentimes not given the faith to grow and to expand and to be the best versions of themselves. As many are pointing out, look at the list of point guards Aaron Gordon has played with. He is, he has he has not been put in a spot that will help him become the best player he can be. But through it all, these players have gotten better. They did lead this magic team back to the playoffs. They were able to accomplish that goal. And while they were not able to accomplish all their goals and do everything that they wanted to do in the Magic uniform, you can still tell that that laundry, that that it's saying Orlando on the front of their jerseys, that it says Magic, it still means something to them. And while at the end it is looking like they are resigned to the fact that this group is breaking up, they have done nothing but fight for us. And so this one, this one, this Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is for you guys, for Aaron Gordon, for Evan Fournier, for Nikola Vucevic. We are expecting Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier will be traded at Thursday's NBA trade deadline. Uh, uh, Nikola Vucevic probably will not, but the rumors will pick up again when the offseason begins as well as into next season. So remember, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. With 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, the joy creates success with Mcglobe Ultra. Today's podcast, also brought to you by... uh, Paramount Plus, March Madness, has returned, and Paramount Plus has the games you won't want to miss. Watch CBS games live on Paramount Plus, including the Final Four and National Championship game on April 5th. Paramount Plus is also home to year-round sports, including the Masters, PGA Championship, UEFA UEFA Champions League, Europa League, the NFL, and a whole lot more. Plus, get breaking news, expert picks, and highlights from all of your favorite teams with CBS Sports HQ, a twenty-four-seven sports news network. I'm a—we're obviously big basketball fans here, but I love the college basketball coverage on CBS. They've got all the games that you want. I'm a Big Ten guy, so when Northwestern's on CBS, it's a big deal. And so that, that hearing, just hearing the da 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 da, it's 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 always 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 great. Visit Paramount Plus. Dot .com before march 31st to receive a 1 month free trial of paramount plus that's paramountplus.com to receive a free 1 month trial of paramount plus remember paramountplus.com don't forget also to check out all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes on the locked on today podcast host peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts follow the locked on today podcast wherever you get podcasts We'll be joined by John Corrales of Locked On Celtics to break down the chances the Boston Celtics and Orlando Magic deal for Aaron Gordon coming up here in just a moment.
0: Well, unfortunately, we're speaking under uh, bad circumstances. Normally, we would be recapping our game against each other and talking about whatever, but I'm just here to take all of your players. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the rumor We got is, big
1: ones, we got long ones, we got small ones. Which, which, which kind of ones do you want? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's address, let's address the rumor that was out there and that's, that's still kind of out there, that the Celtics are the leaders for Aaron Gordon and somehow there's an Evan Fournier folded into all of this. Which surprised the hell out of me, because I didn't think it was going to be both, and it might not be both, it may not be either, for all we know, but um, at this point, the Celtics seem to be the reported leaders in the clubhouse. When you heard the rumor of, of everything that was reported, and potentially Marcus Smart's involvement, what's your initial reaction to the rumor?
1: Uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously, there's there's been a little bit of a dance between the Magic and the Celtics for some years now. There's kind of been a long-standing interest in Nikola Vucevic um, as kind of the big prize on sure, yeah. the Magic. But uh, I was, uh, you know, I was always a little bit surprised that the Celtics had some interest in Aaron Gordon, um, just because, you know, I feel like he plays a lo- very similarly and, and kind of the same type of position that Jason Tatum is. Maybe I'm not quite as familiar with how the Celtics use Tatum. Um, but it seems like they're both fours. And that's that's kind of the same problem the Magic have had with Aaron Gordon throughout the course of his career is they can't figure out if he's a three or a four. They tried him at a three. That didn't really work. And, and he's just very clearly a, a, a better suited at the four, at the power forward position. And so I, I the first thing that I thought of was um, that's that. That still seems like a bit of an odd fit. And, and I know, I know, I think I've I've read some of the some of the Celtics blogs and some of the Celtics people say, you know, it gets us back to kind of the switching defense that made Brad Stevens so good. And and I think there's, I, I definitely think there's something to that. I, I I've never been completely completely all out on the Aaron Gordon can play some small forward uh, debate. Um, he just needs the right guy next to him. And and you know, like there's there's a time way back when when I thought that he and Tobias Harris were a good match because Gordon could defend threes really well and play the four and Tobias Harris could defend four could defend, defend fours really well and play the three and they sort of complement each other. So maybe there's, you know, Jason Tatum much better player than Tobias Harris ever was um, certainly when he was with the magic. Um, But then the next thing that I kind of thought of was, okay, like if, if this is something that the magic are really looking at uh, what young players, what kind of young rotation players do the Celtics have that the magic could want? And, and that's kind of where, you know there are some guys that I'm interested in that that I think that would interest the Magic and kind of fit their timeline and fit the kind of needs that they ha- that they have, um, but there's no kind of high level guys that can you know at least fill a bench role consistently for the Magic, which is I think what they're what what I thought they were looking for with Aaron Gordon, and so you know maybe that leads to the last conclusion that I had was maybe the Magic have capitulated and they're looking for draft picks, which is something that I, I for a long time I did not think the Magic were looking for out of an Aaron Gordon trade. I thought they were looking to kind of Reset a little bit, add, you know, obviously someone to match salaries and then one young guy that can fit into the rotation for
0: next year to get them
1: back in the playoff picture next season.
0: So, and and this is where, this is where the the reported structure of the deal kind of strikes me as odd. Um, Because I don't see why Orlando would give up Fournier and Gordon the Celtics for unless they really covet Marcus Smart and like so you get smart if you really if you really want to target him and you get two first round picks which are you know protected appropriately but not not picks that will will trickle over um I think and this is a sentiment that's been out there. One of our, one of the Celtics like tweeters, Ryan Bernardoni, makes this point very well. The Celtics have other things that they're trying to do here. Like this isn't the last deal that Danny Ainge is going to make, and they've got bigger fish that they are targeting. So you can't give Orlando okay, here's our 2021 pick that's protected top 20. Then it flips over to top 15 protected in 22, and so on and so forth. It's got to be it conveys this year or it's two second-round picks, and the next pick is if it's 23, then that conveys in 23 or it's two second-round picks. Like You can't carry that forward. So if Orlando's okay with that and Danny Ainge is okay with protecting it to a point that's – where I guess maybe Orlando, whatever Orlando is comfortable with, and Marcus Smart is the absolute target because Orlando says we need a culture setter and we need a guy that's going to come in here and be the the heart and soul because he's he's considered the heart and soul. That's what he is. Celtics. That's yeah, what he like, is. That's what he is. Right. So if they say that's what we want and we're willing to give this up, then I guess it makes sense. But I, I just figured. If you've got these assets, Aaron Gordon is one, package him up, get what you can. Fournier is one, package him up, get what you can. If you're going to do this fire sale, then and you want to keep Vooch to to build around, then do your fire sale. Um, But, whatever. Uh, My bottom line here is, I don't see how Fournier and Gordon makes a lot of sense. And my last point, as I continue to ramble... My last point is, it would require Boston, I think, to send Marcus Smart and Tristan Thompson, in a, in addition to whatever else goes along.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's my understanding of things too. I mean, when I when I first saw kind of the structure of that deal, I thought to myself, Marcus Smart and two first round picks. That's that's exactly what the Magic want. That's exactly the kind of thing that they're looking for. And honestly, I I couldn't imagine getting a player of Marcus Smart's caliber. I mean, a lot of the deals that 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 I've been talking about with magic fans have been, you know, with Denver for like Gary Harris and, you know, if they can get RJ Hampton, great. Um, You know, you're talking about a guy that is injured right now um, that has had a really, that has played really well in the past, but has dealt with a lot of injuries and you just don't know what he's going to give you next season. And then a young guy that's, you know, barely scratching rotation. You know, I'm talking with port, you know, about a deal with like Portland for Robert Covington to match salaries essentially. And then, you know, you may not even use him. You may buy him out and let him go back on the market if if he's a free agent. I think. Um, and then Anthony Simons, you know, a guy who's you know a, a guy who's shown that he can play and and needs an opportunity in a rotation somewhere. Um, a lot of Magic fans would say, "No, you got to get Gary Trent." And I'm like, Portland ain't giving up Gary Trent in this deal. So right. to get a to get you know Marcus Smart is a starter in this league. Um, I for you know for an Aaron Gordon deal, I am not anticipating that they're going to get a guy who is just very clearly a starter. They're going to have to take a chance on somebody in this deal. And obviously some of it is just trying to get the most of his value, which is right now before he, before he hits the last year of his contract next season to get a sure starter and two first round picks would, would be uh, to me, you know, not a King's ransom, but I'd be very, I'd be very pleased with that haul, Even if it costs you Evan Fournier, even if you have to take on, uh, Tristan Thompson's deal and I'm sure a third, you could get a third team involved you know I think Toronto's been rumored to be after Tristan Thompson you know I've run through several iterations where Toronto shuttles Matt Thomas to to Orlando or, or you know you know maybe like uh, the young guy on Boston that I think most Magic fans are interested in uh, and I was very interested in it the draft prospect process was Aaron Neesmith you know maybe you swap a couple a couple of young shooters between the teams somewhere um, that's that's what I'm essentially look, essentially looking for is is rotation-level player and one young player. So, you know, when I saw Marcus Smart's name come up, um, because like you said, he is a culture setter. I mean, Magic fans will remember Rob Hennigan wanted to take him second in the draft that Victor Oladipo was in. Um, but Marcus Smart pulled out of that draft. Um, and, and, and there was a lot of talk that the year after, the year that the Magic drafted Aaron Gordon – that they were seriously considering taking Smart with the fourth with the fourth pick, or Smart was one of their options at the fourth pick. He didn't have as good of a season his his uh, I believe it was a sophomore year at Oklahoma State. Um, and then and there's you know there's some off court issues I think, especially with that incident that happened at, Te- at Texas Tech, which was you know, cert- you know certainly I think Marcus Smart's reaction was not as controversial controversial as it as seemed to be at the time, but um, but. Marcus Smart was a player that, that the Magic had their eye on for a long time under the previous regime. Uh, he has proven to be every bit as good as everyone thought he would. He was going to be in the draft process, if not even better. Um, and again, he's he's a guy that you know. And and Boston fans, I would imagine, agree with this. He's the kind of guy that makes sure your team is okay. Um, and yeah. especially for where the Magic are now, trying to get back in the playoff picture. And again, they'll you have to make a salary decision on him after after next season. The Magic just want to be back to okay again next season. And, and I think Marcus Smart would be perfect to kind of bring along whoever they draft and, and any young players that they're bringing in to, to kind of supplement this roster.
0: Yeah, that, that's one thing that I think Marcus Smart does very well. And it's one of the things that I've, when, when he was hurt and I was saying, look, Marcus Smart's coming back. I, I've talked so much about how much he organizes the team on the floor. People are sick of hearing it at this point. Um, Steve Steve Clifford would love a guy like Marcus Smart. Yeah, yeah. I think I think most coaches. every coach would, would. <laughs> like. He's he's the exact type of guy. Like he like he calls himself a dog. Like he's that that dog on the leash that's like barking to get after somebody. And You're like, let him go, go to town. Um, I mean, and we've talked.
1: I mean, I've I, I've talked about it here in Orlando. Like every team that's worth their salt, you know, needs and this is verging on bad language. Needs an a hole. Yeah. They need a guy like, like we talk about it a lot in Orlando, like all the Orlando guys are super nice guys. They're, you know, it's not that they don't play hard. It's not that they don't fight. They don't have a guy that that's going to get, that has a little bit of an edge. Like Michael Carter Uh Williams is one of the few guys on this team that gives the team a little bit of an edge. He's going to bark at opponents. He's going to, you know, he's going to get after the refs a little bit sometimes. And he's always going to be, you know, on the verge of, uh, verge of going too far. But uh, honestly, Every good team needs a guy like that. That's what pushes teams to be better and, and, and kind of wakes them up when they're struggling on a random Tuesday in January.
0: It's so funny that you say that because I've been saying that about the Celtics, that Marcus Smart's the only guy on this team that has a chip on his shoulder. And I don't think that trading him away makes a lot of basketball sense. From a basketball perspective, granted, his shooting is down. like He's not having the best year, but no no one's having their best year uh, overall, I don't, you like, well, I shouldn't say that that way. But the season's like, weird. The season weird is weird. It is a weird season. So smart with the injuries and all that stuff, the concern with smart is, is this a symptom of the weird season? Or is this the beginning of like, well, this is his absolute peak. He's 27. He's not getting markedly better. He hasn't had like a meteoric rise. He basically is who he is. And it's a matter of can his shooting remain to a point that's tolerable that it doesn't, it, it doesn't hurt the team because he's a very confident shooter. And some days he's going to shoot the lights out and some days he's going to shoot you out of a game. And you just accept that because he'll, he'll make up for things a lot of times on the other end.
1: We'll get back to it with John Corrales of Locked On Celtics as we explore the possibilities for the Orlando Magic and Boston Celtics. But first, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. That's right. All the Built Bar flavors are in a tournament facing off each, against each other to figure out which one is indeed the best. It's 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 so, so exciting. Go to BuiltBar.com or Twitter at Bar underscore Built to vote on today's matchup. Today's matchup was coconut brownie chunk and, lem- and lemon almond cheesecake. I've actually had the lemon almond cheesecake. It is a lot better than you think. I'm, I did not think I would enjoy it. But every flavor I've had from Built Bar... Has been fantastic. I actually just got the uh, uh, the Built Bar puffs. Um, uh, you know, they 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 send us sa- uh, samples uh, every so often, and it, and it's been fantastic. In fact, coconut brownie chunk did beat lemon almond cheesecake. So we're moving on to the enticing eight. Today's matchup, I believe, will be cookies and cream versus coconut almond. Vote for cookies and cream. It is delicious. Um, and you can try out all the great Built Bar flavors by going to BuiltBar.com. Remember, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. This, that is LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but the NBA, college basketball, the NCAA tournament, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's completely free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50% welcome bonus. We're focused on the trade deadline now. We'll soon be moving on to the NBA Draft. But Locked On NBA Draft already has you, you jump started. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft.
0: okay so we know that Orlando would would love Marcus smart and if they get the two first round picks great uh, I'm just kind of curious you, you've got Vooch, who's 30 years old if you trade for Marcus smart he's 27. this isn't exactly a rebuild necessarily like when when I looked at it and I wrote months ago, it's time for Orlando to rebuild. It's time to scrap it and start over. Everyone, everyone's everyone been writing that for three years. Yes. And so, to me, this is like, this is it. And and on top of everything that, you know, the, the timing of everything that's worked its way this way, you've been injuries and, and everything. So, I feel bad for Orlando. I want Orlando to be good. Um, but here you are. And so, why keep... Vooch and build around him and trade for Marcus Smart who's 27 when you've got these guys with value and Vooch has value why not take all of the swings you can I don't know how many picks you can get in this year's draft probably not many no one wants to give those up but like how many how many swings at your next young star can you get by trading Bucevic and Fournier and Terrence Ross and Aaron Gordon. Like, I don't understand what Orlando really wants here. When I'm looking for trades that might make sense, my initial feeling was the Celtics can go to Orlando, say, you got to take Tristan Thompson's um, contract, but here's a pick or two, and here's Romeo Langford or Neesmith or somebody, and some salaries to make it work preserve the traded player exception just trade for Aaron Gordon give you guys those young shooters young players some promise in a draft pick or two and be done with it like I don't understand this particular
1: yeah move. no and 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 it's and it's and it's fair um you know I think the magic are trying to uh, chart a path that is goes against kind of what a lot of people think of how a team should rebuild and, and how a team should build itself and um you know some of it is the magic went down the dark path of tanking before um You know, they essentially, you know, right after Dwight Howard left, they made the decision. We're going to blow the whole thing up. We're going to start from scratch. Everyone's gone. Jameer Nelson was gone within a year or two. You know, Glenn Dave, all the veterans were gone within a year or two. JJ Reddick was gone within a year. Um, they, they went down that dark path and it took them seven long years just to get to 500 again. Uh, and I think they're organizationally, I think there's a little bit of fear of, of having to go down that dark path again. Um, Jeff Waltman comes from the kind of Denver, Toronto, you know, he was with Masai Ujiri in Denver and, and in Toronto, Um, their philosophy, you know, there were times where even like Masai Ujiri was urged, you got to blow this thing up. You got to start over. Um, And, and, you know, Toronto certainly came close, I think one year, one years, one year uh, as well, but they're, they've always held the philosophy that, you know, Teams develop best. Young players develop best when they're put in environments where they are expected to win. When they have, when they, when they're actually playing for stakes. When they're learning how to compete and play. Because you know the one thing about all these tanking teams, it, it is really hard to break losing habits, and it's really hard to learn how to win. Yeah. Um. And so I think. I think part of it is just a, a franchise reticence, right or wrong. I mean, you, there, I think there's arguments on both sides, and certainly the Magic have found themselves back down at the bottom of the standings looking at a top five pick. The Magic, I think, just don't want to be in this position again. So the reason why I think they're willing to keep Nikola Vucevic around or why the asking price for Nikola Vucevic is so high, because I, I think the Magic are, you know, when, when someone calls and say, hey, what about Nikola Vucevic? You know, they'll say, make us an offer. What, what, what do you think? They'll listen. But I think that price is very, very high because the Magic don't, especially in this Eastern Conference, the Magic don't want to be in, you know, it's better to be in the treadmill of mediocrity. It's better to be Indiana and Portland than, and no offense to Indiana and Portland, um, <laughs> but it's better to be them than Minnesota and Sacramento. And especially in a small market, and, you know, again, Orlando's not the smallest market in the league, right. but especially in a smaller market, it gets very, very easy to be stuck down at the bottom where you're completely irrelevant. Um. You know, the Magic, I think, are hoping that Jonathan Isaac will be back next season. He's out this year with a torn ACL. Um, you know, he is, as I tell my listeners all the time, he is the one player on this team that has an elite all-NBA skill. He is, He. is. I, I am convinced that this year or next year will be the last year that he will not be on an all-defensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he is that good and, and that impactful, um, even when he's still figuring things out. So they're hoping to get Jonathan Isaac back next season. Markel Fultz should be back at some point next season. And yes, Markel Fultz has his issues. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be a future all-star or anything, or, you know, I like to say he's he's not, he's never going to be number one overall pick Markel Fultz again. Right. If he can be Ricky Rubio level, Markel Foles, that's a really good player. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and, and that's, that's the guy that I've often compared him to. um, When people ask me, what do I think Markel Foles can be? If he can be Ricky Rubio, that's fantastic. Um, They're hoping to get him back at some point next season. It's not clear if it'll be training camp or by the all-star break, but somewhere, hopefully somewhere in between there. And they're heavily invested in those guys. They put the money down on extensions for those guys. Then you're bringing in what's looking like a top five pick, even if it's top six or seven. You're bringing in a high level draft pick that you hope you can build around. So there's your core of young players, Isaac Fultz and whoever you draft for next season. Having Nikola Vucevic, who plays a style of basketball that is not going to is, is going to age well. He's he's not gonna he's not going to suddenly lose his jumper. Um, having that will keep the team stable and at least give them, if not you know, give them a puncher's chance of making the playoffs if everything clicks together right. Um, it, it, it. I know it's not the typical path that the team goes down, but they'll be in the same position next year with Nikola Vucevic that they're in with Aaron Gordon this year. And the hope is that by the trade deadline next year or by the end of the summer, they'll know that, okay, our rookie, Jonathan Isaac, those guys are ready to take the lead. That's when maybe they cash in the Nikola Vucevic chip. But for now, I think the goal for the magic is let's, let's, kind of retool ourselves around those four players essentially and try to get back to where we were 2020, 2019 back into the playoff picture and then figure out where we need to grow from there. And again, maybe if it's a dead end again, they'll, they'll trade Vucevic and kind of, kind of try and plot a way forward
0: another way. See, I'm not, I'm not entirely opposed to that plan. And, And one thing that I think this highlights is different teams have different priorities and, Listeners in Boston have that – if it's not geared towards a championship, then don't do it, right? If you're in a big market and you're analyzing a team, if you're looking at the Lakers or Philly, Philly's in a lot of trade rumors trying to get Kyle Lowry, and you give up a Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thibel to try to get Kyle Lowry potentially. like You give up future picks to get Kyle Lowry. So you're, it's a, this is your opportunity to win,
1: right? The is open.
0: Right, yeah. Look at what Brooklyn did. And that's something that other teams won't do necessarily. So I can see Orlando, and, and, and I like the idea. I really do like the idea of if, if Marcus Smart is involved from a Magic perspective, if you get young player plus Isaac plus Fultz to have Marcus Smart there as the the veteran the, the, the dog and to have Vucevic as the guy that's, you know, Hey, I wanted to be in Orlando. I didn't ask to, to leave that. That's important. It's, a, it's like a Jeremy Grant in a way in Detroit where they've got a bunch of young guys and to look up and say, Hey, this dude signed here. He wants to be here to have players on that team want to be there in a situation that isn't at the moment ideal. I do think that that's valuable. Now, how valuable is that when you weigh it against assets that you can get? Like, how, how far can you push the Vucevic trade pick down the road? Because at some point, he loses his value. Basically, got maybe one, one year, and then if it doesn't work, who knows? But anyway, from the perspective of these trade rumors, bringing it back to today... How how likely do you see something happening when you look at the rumors and when you see things from all of the things that are around you in Orlando that we don't see in Boston? What's your gut feeling on on how this is gonna go?
1: I mean, I, I think that Evan Fournier is going to get traded. Um I, I think expiring contracts, the magic just the magic don't have the space to uh, resign him. Um, it doesn't, you know, there's some reporting that he is not interested in resigning with the team. Although Evan Fournier himself disputed that on Twitter today. Um, so, but uh, I, I, I see the magic moving Evan Fournier uh, for what it's hard to tell expiring contracts are, are not as valuable as they once were, Um, especially heading into an off season where, you know, there's not a lot of great free agents um available. So that, you know, having his bird rights doesn't really do a ton for, for anyone. Um, Aaron Gordon having that trade request uh, leak out, and and then Aaron Gordon essentially confirming it in post game after, um after Tuesday's game against the Denver Nuggets, you know where he said you know he vented a lot of frustration, and a lot of that frustration was from the injuries this season, from the losses that have accumulated over the course of his seven years in Orlando. He's he it it seemed very clear that he's ready for a change of scenery. Um I th- I I was very kind of. I I was not sold that Aaron Gordon was going to get moved, but over the last few days, I I am convinced that Aaron Gordon is also going to get traded, that there's just, the the market's never going to be greater for Aaron Gordon. The return's never going to be greater for Aaron Gordon. There seems to be enough teams that the Magic can play off of, off of a few offers or pick the offer they like best uh, and get a deal done. Um, This team, you know, to the point, this team is overdue to to turn the page and, and kind of start a new era. Um, and, and I think that this, this trade deadline and this season where they've just, they've dealt with a lot of injuries, but they've, you know, they've, they've definitely kind of topped off a little bit. Um, it, it feels like, it feels like it's time and, and, and everyone just seems ready to, to embrace some change. And so I, I do think that the magic will probably be one of the more active teams at the deadline. Um, one guy we haven't talked about is Ken Birch. Um, I think the magical move, Ken Birch too, if, if anything, just to give Mobamba a clearer path to minutes, um, mm-hmm. Which he which he desperately needs just to kind of just figure out if he can play at all or not. Um, which is not clear at this point um in his third in his third year in the NBA. So um I think the magical move I think the magical honestly move all three, whether again it's in one deal or Ken Burch is thrown into another deal to to help move things along. Um I, I, I think all three get dealt before Thursday's deadline.
0: Well, it's gonna be an interesting next however many hours really. And and just the bottom line is the, the Celtics package that you see is, is acceptable to you.
1: Yes. Yeah, the Marcus Martin two firsts, however they're protected, um, I, I think that's, that's the kind of gamble the Magic are, are looking to take. And, and they're not going to find a better player than Marcus Smart available to them. Again, even, even if Portland put Gary Trent Jr. on the table, I, I think the Marcus, I think Marcus, I mean, Gary Trent just for youth's sake probably would be the deal that I would take. But Marcus Smart is the better player.
0: Right. Well, we'll see. We're going back and forth. Now, Matt Moore, who originally reported this, didn't say in the initial report that Smart was going to be in the deal. It was that he potentially could be, and then he tweeted out on Tuesday that he doesn't think at the moment Marcus Smart would be in it if it happens. So a lot of couching going on left and right. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a smaller deal gets done this could be so much posturing that you know the magic could be like, oh yeah, we'll just put we'll put Evan Fournier in this deal for Gordon. People are like, whoa, whoa, and, and whoa, I'll,
1: and I'll and I'll note this that the magic are notoriously tight lipped. Like no no one even in Orlando, no one can get a word out of them. Yeah. Um. So they, they, I mean, whenever I see a report or rumor out there, I just generally assume it's not from the magic.
0: Right. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, what pans out? Somebody's gonna be dealt somewhere, and we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. Philip Rossman, right? Thank you very much for hopping on the show for a bit.
1: No problem. Thanks, man. My thanks to John Corrales of Locked On Celtics for ha- having me on and uh, having this discussion about what the Magic and Celtics might do. Um, as as we all stated, uh. The Celtics are, by all reports, the favorite right now to land Aaron Gordon. I've definitely heard of a few iterations of deals, uh, some that I believe more than others, um, that uh, that do involve the Magic and the Celtics. I do think that interest is real. I do think that that there is something to it. There are legs underneath it. But as I often, as I always say too, though when nothing happens at the deadline, or nothing should happen at the deadline, until the deadline occurs. I do think the Magic are going to take this all the way up to three o'clock. So you know maybe we'll see a three fifteen trickle of what the Magic actually did. Um, Magic have a lot to do, as as we noted in the podcast. Be sure to check out our pals at Locked On Celtics. You can download Locked On Celtics wherever you download podcasts. Um, you can also follow them on Twitter and and uh, follow John Carrellas. He is he is the expert on, on Boston Celtics. He literally wrote the book on the Boston Celtics. You can check out his book as well. Um, on the Boston Celtics All Stars. It is, it is a uh, Celtics history is fantastic. If you've ever read anything about it, um, you know, I've, I've read uh, John Feinstein's Red Arbach book. Uh, it Celtics Celtics history is the history of the NBA. It's 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 fantastic to to dive into if you want to check something out for fun. But that's gonna do it for me. You can follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore O M D. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in, Himboy, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places on all podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. You can find me again on Twitter at Philip R underscore O M D. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be updating. All of our trade deadline information at Daily on Twitter. Don't forget, too, this Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, we'll have our locker room chat breaking down everything the Orlando Magic did at the trade deadline, everything they didn't do at the trade deadline. So be, be ready to spend about an hour. We'll discuss everything about the Magic uh, and the trade deadline and what comes next for the team. You'll, you can find that on the Locker Room app. Download it today. Set up your account now. I'm probably going to schedule the event at some point tomorrow so you can put it on your calendar and you can know, hey, I'm in to hear what Phil has to say about what the Magic did at the NBA trade deadline. We'll have that on Thursday at 6 p.m. on the lockroom app. Until then, though, we'll be back at it again tomorrow as your line of Magic take on the Phoenix Suns. Until then, for o Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this has been Phil Ross, and Mike. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Lockdown Magic.